Hallo, servus, oi miteinander and welcome back to Castles and Curtains, eurem Event-Podcast aus Liechtenstein. Mein Name ist Sebastian und ich führe euch hinter die Vorhänge einige der coolsten Events hier im Fürstentum. Das erste Event unserer Reihe, was wir featuren, ist TEDx Vaduz 2021. Unser heutiger Speaker ist Joey. Joey ist äh, nicht nur Pilot, sondern auch Instagrammer und YouTuber. Er hat auf YouTube über 1,5 Millionen Follower. Und ich sag's gleich vorweg, ich liebe Fliegen, ich liebe es zu reisen und freue mich deswegen richtig doll drauf, mit Joey da mal drüber zu sprechen. Ähm, es wird vielleicht ein bisschen nerdig zwischendurch, aber im Großen und Ganzen hat es mega Spaß gemacht und ich hoffe, ihr habt beim Zuhören genauso viel Spaß, wie ich hatte beim Rekorden. Ladies and Gentlemen, this is the road to TEDxVaduz, let's go! Hi Joey, how are you? Uh, Seb, I'm doing great. I'm not complaining. I'm <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> That's great. I'm happy to have you here on the podcast. Excited You're one of well. the one of the speakers at TEDx Vaduz 2021, <laughs> and you're a pilot as well. You're a YouTuber and Instagrammer. And before we get into you and your story, um, yes. I wanna I wanna give you a quick uh, story of myself, a quick anecdote. Please. Um, do we've so. got something. We've got something in common, Joey. Um, when I was a kid, um, I used to fly by myself a couple of times. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's called unaccompanied minor, minor program of flying, where yeah. my parents dropped me off the six years at the airport and then accompanied um, by, a, by a flight attendant. I was, mm -hmm. uh, I was flying to Spain to, to visit my grandma. Mm -hmm. And I remember it back like it was yesterday. I was walking through the airport after yeah. the first flight and I feel all grown up and then this door opens. And I can see my grandma and I wanted to run to her. And then the security packs me. He's like, oh, you have to, yeah, I don't know. You got to wait. I didn't know what he was saying because I wasn't speaking English. And I started crying and it was, I don't know, a, a beautiful, terrible experience all at once. <laughs> okay. But I think just like you, it made me fall in love with flying in general quite mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. And once you applied for, for TEDx, Mm -hmm. uh, you wrote in your application or in your in your profile description that you have a very similar experience. Do you want to tell me about that? Um, yes, the, the experience is that um, when I was younger, <laughs> I also was an unaccompanied minor. I used to fly to England a lot, uh, especially because my uh, godfather uh, used to live in England or still lives in England, and he was an air traffic controller. And my parents sent me uh, over to him many, many times, and he used to be, he also used to pick me up at the airport. And funny story about the flight attendants <laughs> was that they take you all the way to the gate or the arrival gate. And I could always see my godfather there. And um, I obviously was running towards him. And normally they have to like check his papers to see that it's actually him that I'm supposed to be handed over to him. But they ne never really did that because they see or they saw how excited I was to see him. And I just sort of chased him. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's a funny story. But yeah. um, he was the key part uh, in my life that sort of introduced me into aviation, working as an air traffic controller. Uh, he got me all involved with Concorde. Uh, when I was a kid, um, seeing Concorde for the first time was something so mind-blowing. Uh, sad that the plane's not around anymore, but uh, all these sort of influences as a child um, had a huge impact on me that uh, sort of laid out my path on becoming a pilot in the future. So yeah, here I am and very, very happy with my choice that I've, uh, I'm now soaring through the skies and <laughs> seeing the world from above. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. Have you ever, have you ever flown or have you ever been flying with a Concorde? 
Uh, no, I actually had the privilege to do recordings for my YouTube channel in Concord. Um, she retired, obviously, a long, long time ago. Um, but uh, I was also uh, or had the privilege to talk to one of the very, very famous Concord pilots to, to have an interview with him. And he obviously told me all these really, really great stories about this plane. And uh, I flew in a simulator. That's the only thing I've done. Uh, and also I was um, sort of in, in company with another uh, British Airways pilot who used to be the chief pilot pilot of Concorde and he sort of talked me through the whole thing. We did a couple of traffic patterns and um, it was, although it wasn't a real plane, it was an absolute thrill and I, it's a moment I will never forget. It was really good. <laughs> I can imagine. I would have loved to see a Concorde fly or at least join and, and fly myself as a passenger, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's um, that opportunity has been taken from us. Well, we'll see. But, we'll yeah. see. They are obviously we'll working see. currently on, on a project that supersonic flight will come back, but uh, I'm giving it another five to eight years until we'll be uh, seeing that coming. But uh, still, they're working on it. Yeah. And you're <laughs> aiming to fly it as a guest or as a pilot? Uh, rather as a guest than as a pilot. I'm so okay. happy on the plane I'm flying right now. Uh, and my company is not going to go anywhere near supersonic flights. <laughs> as a guest, it's totally fine for me. <laughs> what, what are you flying at the moment? Currently, I'm flying the Boeing 747, the Jumbo. As Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that your favorite plane as well? Or do you even have a favorite it is. plane? It is, absolutely. The 747 is a, a, like a childhood dream. Uh, yeah. th the thing with the 747 is Concorde stood out because of its unique shape. And the 747 is the last plane that is standing out like Concorde does because it has this hump. Uh, that the none big, other the plane big head, has. right? The big head and the long tail. And... <laughs> yes, correct. And... Uh, And it's uh, just, a, it's really easy to fly. And it's something I always wanted to fly. And for the company I'm working now, they had that plane and giving that opportunity was something so mind blowing. Um, I feel really, really uh, privileged to, to have been flying this plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never flown a 747, not as a guest. <laughs> But um, the A380 I flew, the, the Fun, big one. Funny enough, I'm not kidding. As a pilot, I have never even... Uh, sat in an A380. I've never traveled as a passenger. I've flown the simulator, but I've not actually flown inside the actual plane uh, and traveled with it. This is something no I'm a bit... it's, a it's a beautiful plane. Even yes. as a guest from the inside, it's very <laughs> spacious, very great. If you fly with, like, I don't know, Emirates or Etihad or whoever's got yeah. the big planes. I've Lovely. heard all the stories, but I can, I'm not one, not part of it. I haven't uh, experienced it myself. So I'm hoping. Uh, one, once this pandemic is over, that they are going to bring back a couple of AC-80s with Emirates of some sort that I can uh, actually experience uh, flying a seven, uh, a Airbus A380. <laughs> yeah. Do you even, like when you, for example, go on holidays or, mm -hmm. <clears throat> or weekend trips or even work trips, mm -hmm. do you even book planes or do you just um, see where your schedule takes you and then you'll be like, okay, next week I'm flying to Thailand. Maybe I'll take a week <laughs> off after and enjoy myself then or how, is it, no, how does it work for pilots? <laughs> I wish it were that easy. Now, I have a, the company allows me um, or I do have a lot of flights. For example, going to Thailand is one of the flights um, and sometimes I have more You know, a couple of days layover in Bangkok. So I'm staying there for three days or I'm staying four nights in Los Angeles or I'm staying a couple of days in Ecuador or something like that. Um, I combine that with um, exploring the city. So when I'm on my layover, I get a rental bike or uh, like a really cheap Uber and I just drive around the city. Um, it, you can say it's kind of holiday, but when I'm at home, uh, <laughs> I still book my flights like every passenger does and then just got on, get on board and then fly on holiday. That's how I go on holiday, yeah. <laughs> like everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. You, um, 
you almost missed becoming a pilot, I read, because you were about to become a dentist like your parents. That is very true. Yes, I was um, very fortunate that my parents were a dentist and they absolutely loved their job, um, which is, I think, also really nice that, uh, that you have parents who really enjoy uh, going to work. Um, and then when I started studying dentistry, um, I, I'm not going to say I was forced to do it, but um, there was a bit of an encouragement by my parents to do it. There um, always is. I, there always is. There if your parents is, do a specific yeah. thing, you're always following the footsteps. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, I let's say I enjoyed sort of the practical side of it, but I didn't really enjoy the theoretical side. Um, and it, it was something I couldn't see myself enjoying or being happy with and for me one of the key things in life is that if you if you do something especially work it needs to be something that you really really enjoy because like 80% of your entire life is dedicated to work and if you don't enjoy it your life's going to be pretty miserable so now that I'm that I've become a pilot um, it's something that really has uplifted me and I'm enjoying every day and uh It's just so fulfilling. And I think being a dentist, um, I have friends who are dentists and, you know, they're complaining about this and this and that. And I always have a bit of a smile on my face uh, saying, look, I've just come back, you know, tanned from Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Not too bad, yeah. Not too bad. And now, but it is a great job. It's a great profession, but it wasn't for me. So I'm, I'm happy that I decided otherwise. Yeah. So how old were you when you, when you decided to, to switch? Very early uh, on, actually, I, I did my abitur and then civil service and then right into dentistry. Um, and I think I switched after four semesters and then hopped into flight school. And I think I was done with my entire flight training at the age of 23, 24, 23. It, it went really fast. So, oh, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Didn't know it's going that fast. When I, when I finished school, I've been traveling for a bit. Mm -hmm. And after I came back, I was uh, back. I was thinking about what could I do now, and mm -hmm. uh, studying mm -hmm. was the obvious choice, mm -hmm. um, which I pursued at the end um, as well. But um, for a while, I was thinking about because I like flying a lot. I was thinking mm -hmm. about becoming a pilot too, mm -hmm. and I checked out in Hamburg. There's flight schools and everything, but then I read apparently um, it's quite expensive to become one at first, and then also um, let's say you have one uh, thousand people that might. Um, Have the uh, will be educated to become one, then they only, mm -hmm. like the airlines, they only pick one or two afterwards. And that mm -hmm. made me a bit, I don't know, afraid of it. And when I read about mm -hmm. your biography, mm -hmm. um, it's similar. Like you finished flight yeah. school and you didn't become straight away a pilot for, I don't know, EasyJet, Lufthansa or who else not. That is No, that you, is were flying, you were flying, you were flying, um, skydivers up the air huh <laughs> yeah um <laughs> it is it is definitely the most difficult step is getting out of flight school and finding your job with a with an airline or let's say a jet powered aircraft um i was in the predicament because when i finished there was like an economy a financial crisis um that no airline was hiring and it was You could actually tell it's going to be for quite a few years now that, that, that they won't be hiring. Um, so all my applications got rejected, but I was very, very fortunate and very lucky um, to have gotten a job with a, with a skydiving company, which was only 10 minutes away from the house of my parents. And uh, <laughs> the story is so funny because I was there on one of my check flights. And uh, the instructor and I, we sat down in the restaurant. We had a bit of a chat. And uh, I could hear uh, just a table down of us, um, a guy was talking to his colleague and saying, 
literally out loud, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to survive summer. I desperately need a pilot. And I could hear that. And I thought, what are the odds? So I just got up. I walked over to him and said, look, I'm, I've just finished flight school. I'm more than happy to, to work for you, unpaid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he more or less signed me on the, at that moment. So I went uh, to got the rating for the specific plane. And a week later, I was working for him. And uh, it was actually a really well-paid job. And I enjoyed it because you gained a lot of experience. You only did takeoffs and landings, which is the most important part as a pilot. Uh, and then out the rest of that, is, The rest is autopilot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's relatively... Um, it, it's great to, to have gotten that opportunity because once I was in this sort of circle of pilots uh, having a job, I actually got job opportunities. People were coming to me, offering me jobs, which is something that is unheard of, more or less. Um, and then once I was done with skydiving, I went into executive flying, uh, did sort of like private jets, more or less, uh, and the job was offered to me. Uh, and then once I was done with that, a friend of mine who was in the airlines already, she called me up and said, Joe, you need to apply to our airline more or less today because I know they are hiring externally very soon. And if you send your application now, your application will be right on top. And that's exactly what happens. And I think I flew another two or three months with the executive airline. And then I passed uh, the assessment with Air Berlin. And then I got my job uh, with the, with the uh, airline. Um, and it was fantastic. It was really, really cool. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Yeah. And if, if people ask you today what your profession is, you'd be answering still pilot or is it uh, influencer too? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, please do not use the word influencer. I, I literally hate that word. Because if the people actually translate what it means to yeah. you are influencing, influencing somebody, people, yeah. Yeah. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm educating them. I'm trying to give them advice or, or some skills on how to, to learn a little bit better or make their lives a little bit easier at flight school. I'm not influencing them. I'm not praising them to buy products or any of that. I'm trying to educate them. I'm an educator and an entertainer educator. So if you mix that word together, that's what I am, but not an influencer. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I was checking out your YouTube, uh, YouTube channel as well. Mm -hmm. I haven't, uh, there's one video um, mm -hmm. which I haven't watched yet because I wanted to ask you first. <laughs> it's got the title and it's one of your most clicked videos as well. Can a passenger land a plane? Now, yes. Joey, I'm, think <laughs> I'm actually thinking about this quite often. Okay. And, uh, like, maybe that's not a very uh, light topic for, uh, for a podcast, but ever since 9-11, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. even as a kid, I was thinking, what happens if I sit in a plane and someone takes it over? Potentially, could I land it as well? <laughs> but I've never like because you have no, I have no experience whatsoever nor knowledge so yeah. I wouldn't be able to answer that even in my dreams so mm -hmm. please Joey mm -hmm. go ahead help me out here okay um I want to say that the chances of a passenger landing the plane are very very slim um more or less bound to zero because when we did that recording um we did it in the most realistic way possible But we had to actually cut out a lot of it, which was which happened at the beginning, which no one sees, is when my partner got into the plane and was sitting into the pilot seat, it took us like half an hour just to establish communication between me being the air traffic controller and her as the pilot. It was, it was not possible. It was so difficult for her to understand which button to press and so forth and so forth. By the time you have established communication with this passenger 
he's going he's going to be so nervous and uh you know trying to find the right buttons and then actually i mean we performed an auto land meaning we let the autopilot do the landing but there are so many things that can go wrong that the chances of a passenger actually pulling this off is so unlikely and we're actually going to do this video one more time but this time she has to fly it manually and <laughs> to make it easier huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be even worse so um i put my personal opinion is it's it's impossible you could not do that no okay well that's a shame <laughs> that's, i just ruined your dream that's that's, yeah, that's dream shattering but anyways <laughs> okay and okay. that sense enough about planes <laughs> let's talk yeah. about that <laughs> okay um <laughs> Joey, uh, you said once that there's uh, lots of um, <clears throat> uh, lots of lots of books and and lots of uh, um, blogs that help people um, to be um, very productive, to focus mm -hmm. on their tasks and like life advice kind of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, you also said that a lot of people struggle to apply them in their daily life. Now, Correct. the topic mm -hmm. of your speech is how a pilot's checklist will improve your life or in yes. that sense the life of the audience Correct. so how are you gonna what do you, what can people expect from this yeah it's it's very true that um i have a shelves full of like self-help books and uh i'm i, I don't want to uh, disrespect these colleagues these authors who are writing these books i think most of them are really really cool and very inspirational and motivational but the, the key message that i'm always missing is that you read a chapter oh wow this was great and then how do i actually implement it how do i How can I use this information in everyday life? So I get up, I go along my day, and then by midday, you've already forgot what you've read. So you haven't really used the advice that the author has given you. So for me, it was very, very important um, to set up checklists. So I use checklists not only at work, but out of a very funny coincidence, which you will see at the TED Talk, I have found a way on how to switch my pilot's checklist to everyday checklists or, or how to set up my checklists uh, for whatever I need to do that day. Um, and there's a, there's a very uh, interesting part to it to, that it's not a to-do list. It's a actual checklist you want to complete. There's a bit of pressure behind it that you have to complete it. And um, I think that is sort of the, the key message of my talk is on, on getting people um, setting it up on the correct way and then actually applying it the next day so that's that's the message of my TED talk <laughs> that's cool i'm excited to see mm -hmm. that because i i definitely need that too i've read <laughs> a lot of stuff about how to uh, not procrastinate anymore or how to use checklists for your daily routines and stuff like this and i try right. things like uh, for example when i'm when i'm very busy at times in my bathroom mm -hmm. river i write tasks down for each mm -hmm. day of the week mm -hmm. and then i can count them off and the first thing i see mm -hmm. when i start the day is those tasks but still Man, I've got so many to-do lists at work and at home and for uni and TEDx, and then sometimes it's all all messed up. Yeah, but know, so but that, that's probably that's probably why I need your help there and listen to your speech. But quite, it's already quite great carefully. to hear that you already, you know, you're putting it, uh, you're putting your list of tasks onto your uh, bathroom mirror. That's fantastic. That you're already uh, like forcing yourself to see it every day. And a lot of people they write down to-do lists, they put it somewhere. 
And then they sort and then of go gone, yeah. their day. Yeah, that, that's the whole point. You have to set it up that it's visible, that you can see it, that it's, um, yeah, to, to complete yeah. it, not just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sure as hell useful to have it on the mirror every morning. Yeah. Not sure if I'm happy about it every day, though, because sometimes you wake up and you just don't want to think anything. And then the first <laughs> thing you see is, oh, we, today's going to be a big day. We, <laughs> coffee first and then let's go. You should also yeah. enjoy your breaks. I mean, you should also not... I, I set up a more or less checklist for five days a week. And on the weekends, I am more relaxed and enjoy my life more or less. So yeah. um, it's good to also have fun in life, not just work super, super strict. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, you said something on your Instagram the other day on your on your mm -hmm. Monday quotes, which I quite like. Yes. Fits into the, fits into <laughs> the same... The same um, Uh, fällt in die gleiche Schiene. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you said, don't be busy, be productive, um, which Correct. I quite liked. And mm -hmm. it's just as I like, uh, as a, just as I already said, I have a lot of lists and sometimes there's days where you get a bit overwhelmed and then you mm -hmm. think like, oh God, I'm so busy, I can't do everything. But then thinking about, okay, instead of complaining about me just being busy, I could just be productive and work off one point after the other. Correct. Well, mm -hmm. it makes a lot more sense. But Seb, it's very important on how you set up your um, points. So the first one should be the most difficult one or the one that needs to be completed first. But I don't want to go into too much detail because that's okay, actually- Okay, don't go into too much detail. But um, it is also about, yes, being productive um, mm -hmm. and ticking off the really, really difficult ones, but also ticking off the easier parts that are just everyday life, like calling your friend for a birthday. That was the thing that I have missed out. If I would have written that down, call your friend on that birthday, check on my checklist, I would have I would have not forgotten it. And that day I was just super busy. And I remember I didn't set up any checklist, nothing. I was just whizzing around doing this and this and that. And at the end of the day, I wasn't really productive at all. I was just busy and I forgot things. And I was really disappointed about that. Yeah. <laughs> The birthday thing yeah. I gotta put in my list as well. Maybe <laughs> last year, last year I forgot my sister's birthday and I called her the next day. That was, yeah, not good, man. That's not, <laughs> not good, man. Good. No, especially if it's your sister. That's not good. <laughs> no, that hates. Uh, that's uh, that hates. That sucks. I mean, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joey, uh, yes. one last question before we Absolutely. end the podcast. I last uh, I asked it uh, Alex last week as well, and I think it's quite mm -hmm. a good question. Mm -hmm. um, what are your goals for the future? Do you have any? visions or missions mm -hmm. for yourself um Absolutely. except for flying the concord maybe if it comes back. <laughs> now um i have a clear path that i'm tracking at the moment and i'm wanting to get more into motivational speaking um i want to encourage people to be more productive to to achieve their goals and i have uh, ted is a great uh, way of showing my skills in terms of uh, these checklists that i um sort of, uh, or the, the checklist setup. And I think that, um, or where I'm aiming for is to speak as a pilot in front of people, show them what you can achieve with just tiny little changes in everyday life um, to become more successful. That's, that's my goal. That's where I want to go to. Sounds good, man. <laughs> yeah. 21st of August, everyone out there. Joey's going to be there. Lots of other yeah. speakers going to be there. It's going to get exciting. I can't wait to hear you and uh, see you live on stage. Absolutely. And Looking forward then, to it. <laughs> Joey, thank you for being here. Seb, thank you so much for the invite. And uh, to all the listeners out there, uh, yeah, 21st of August is going to be a really, really good day. <laughs> all right, man. See you then. Take care. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Ja, liebe Leute da draußen, das war äh, Joey 
Und ja, ich fand, das hat äh, mir zumindest mega Spaß gemacht, als jemand, der Fliegen und Flugzeuge sehr liebt und dazu auch noch selbst unglaublich durcheinander ist und jede mögliche Liste andauernd vergisst, verschlammt an What's or Not. Äh, war das sehr cool, muss ich sagen, mit ihm mal gesprochen zu haben. Emilio, was sagst du? Ich bin sehr gespannt auf seinen Talk und fand es auch sehr witzig, dass ihr euch da gefunden habt beim Thema Flugzeuge. Ähm, sehr viel, das ich nicht wusste zuvor. Ähm, die Concordia, Concord, 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 oh, Concord. sorry, ja genau. Ähm, ich habe es gerade gegoogelt, <lacht> ist echt ein cooles Flugzeug. Also wenn es die Möglichkeit gibt, da mal ein Passenger zu sein, bin ich auf jeden Fall dabei, wenn es möglich ist. Und ja, nee, war echt ein interessantes Thema. Also ich glaube, das Ding mit der Concorde, der Zug ist abgefahren, Emilio, aber nevertheless, äh, wir freuen uns auf Joey am 21. in Vaduz bei TEDx zu sehen und dann bleibt uns nur noch übrig zu sagen, danke fürs Zuhören, bis nächste Woche zur nächsten Ausgabe von Castles in Curtains. Ciao, Leute. Ciao.